Hello, and welcome to Rough Edges. I'm your host, Sarah Fox. In this podcast, I will guide you through my faith and mental health journey to dispel the stigma surrounding mental illness and to create a voice for those who wish to discover more about these topics. This podcast will not only shed light on mental health issues, but will also reveal the intersection between faith and mental illness. I pray that these themes will bring growth and healing to our communities. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Rough Edges. We are continuing with our season all about mental health and relationships. And today, I am joined by special guest Brianna Lightfoot Smith. Brianna Lightfoot Smith believes a peaceful home and a profitable brand can coexist. After leaving the workforce in 2018 to become a stay-at-home mom, Brianna now helps women build businesses while raising their children. Follow her on Instagram at BLightfootSmith for funny reels, productivity tips, reflections about being a mom entrepreneur, and of course, cute baby pics. Welcome, Brianna. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. So I wanted to start off by asking, what are three things that you are most passionate about and why? I'm really passionate about my faith. I'm passionate about my family and I'm passionate about my calling. So I'm passionate about my faith because it drives my decisions. Um, it, my faith is what has helped me in part in my mental health journey. It's also... You know, it's it's a family thing, right? Like we know that, especially in the black community, faith is usually passed on from family member to family member. Mm-hmm. And I just have a really uh, fond, I have really fond memories of my church upbringing. And now I actually go to the church that I went to when I was a kid and my children go there as well. So faith is really important to me. Family is important to me because my family has has been such a support. I'm in seasons where I've had a lot of hardships. They've been a support in me pursuing entrepreneurship when I feel like I couldn't do it or felt like, okay, I can do it, but I'm going to need a lot of help. Can you watch the kid on kids on these days or, Mm -hmm. you know, look over this proposal for me. And my family also motivates me as far as my husband and my children, because I feel like the things that I'm doing in my business are helping to establish legacy. I was talking with someone earlier this week about how I just want my sons to see that, you know, the, that women are multifaceted and that moms are multifaceted, that while they love you with everything that they have, that there are also other talents and gifts that they, that are assigned to them and that, you know, the role that they fulfill as your mom is just a part of that. And then I'm passionate about my calling because I think, especially in the season of being a mom, it's very easy to say, Oh, well, I can't do this thing because I have these children and what I've seen is that our children do not prevent us from walking in our calling they may cause us to have to be a little bit more creative in the way that we do it but it really motivates us even more up to push to push forward in what we feel like we're supposed to be doing yeah that is definitely amazing like I love especially how 
you you said that motherhood is not a barrier to your success, you know? And that's something that a lot of people's like a lot of women like struggle with because they they feel like they have to have one or the other when you could do both, you know? And that's something like I found really interesting. And also when you spoke about your faith, it was something that was just very like it's so true. Like in the black community, like faith is passed down from generation to generation and it's just amazing to see how that legacy continues with, you know, you and your family and you continuing like, you know, that line of just faith building. So that is incredible. I love that. So I want to talk a little bit about like your mental health journey. And so can you tell me about your experiences with mental health? Absolutely. So I have kind of a twofold journey with mental health. Um, I have a book called The Black Girl's Guide to Living on Purpose. And in that book, I actually talk about how I struggled with suicide as a teenager. I just struggled with self-worth, self-doubt. I didn't have the best um, view of myself because of, you know, different things that I heard people say about me. And so I took those things on as my identity. And so I battled with it then. And then finding my identity in God, I became a lot more confident. Um, but then I actually had a second wave of depression as a mom. And it wasn't immediately. It was, a, I think I was pregnant. Yeah, I had two of my sons and I was pregnant with our third son. And I, and we were maybe eight months into the pandemic and honestly I just got to a place where before I told myself like your children aren't a barrier your children aren't a barrier your children aren't a barrier but after eight months of just being in the house only being with them not really getting a lot of outside interaction in my mind I kind of was like okay is this it is this my future and Mm. that sparked a lot of fear it sparked a lot of bitterness even bitterness towards God where I felt like okay clearly you like misread something or you got your wires mixed up and this was supposed to be this person's life not mine Mm -hmm. and I it was a long journey like I feel like even now we're in September um and I feel like only earlier this year did I really kind of get to I mean you're, you're always evolving and always healing but get to a place where I could even talk about my depression because I really didn't identify it back then because I was still going through it. You know, it's very mm-hmm. similar to the grieving process. That some some people will announce when a loved one passes immediately, and some people they just disappear from online, and then you hear from them three months later, and they're like, "Hey, you know, my mother passed, or my father, or a sibling, or something like that." And so, I think for me, I took all of that time to be reflective and really try and understand what even led to that depression and a lot of it was fear of what if this is it what if all these dreams and ideas and passions that I have are going to have to die because I have children Mm. wow that that is so incredible I and a couple of things that you said really stood out to me Uh, one of the things that I resonated with was like you know the theme of like sacrificing your dreams because like as you said before it's just like you know a lot of the times it's like circumstances happen and you can't it's out of your control and you're just like is this all that there is and I love the phrase that you use it's like is this somebody else's life you know (laughs) and it's like a lot of the times it's like especially with broken dreams it feels like you can never really circle back to it but I I just want to encourage anybody out there who's like having 
you know, thoughts about like their dreams, like nothing is wasted, especially when God is in control and he has a plan. So I thank you for like being open and honest about, you know, the whole idea of like, okay, motherhood is not a barrier to success, but at the same time, it's like, it comes with its own set of challenges that make it feel like you can't really pursue the dream that you wanted. So I really appreciate that. So I wanted to um, dig deep a little bit in terms of like, um, when you said that you were dealing with your depression in the moment, and it took a little bit longer for you to like, you know, finally be at a place where you felt like you could talk about it. Um, what was like, maybe an event or, you know, something that really pushed you to say, okay, I'm ready to talk about this now. I actually went to this conference and I know it's a God thing because a woman that, that I'm kind of building a friendship with, I mean, we've hung out a few times and both of us have now, she just had her third baby as well. So now both of us have three children and moms know, like it, it's hard to make friends in general, but in mom world, you meet with somebody <laughs> four times and be like, I think we're friends now because <laughs> quarterly mom dates are like, okay, we together. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, she reached out to me and said, hey, I was going to go to this conference and I thought about you and, you know, I have a free ticket for you if you want to go. And it was in February. I only know that because that's when all the snow and stuff was happening in Dallas. And the original speaker who was supposed to come couldn't come because her plane got delayed and then she was going to catch a flight the next morning and she missed that flight. And Priscilla Shire ended up being the speaker and like what and I just remember walking in there and being like what because Priscilla Shire she's one of my um I don't know I just look at her as such a, a strong woman of faith and the, even the fact that she has three sons I have three sons she used to homeschool I homeschool my boys and I'm just like yes she, she's just a big sister to me in my yeah. head I had the opportunity to meet her a couple times. And so even when I saw that she was speaking, I was like, okay, Lord, what, what are we about to talk about? Because be, clearly <laughs> you do all of that so that me and you could have this conversation. And so in that sermon, she was um, teaching from the lesson in the Bible where Jesus is talking to Peter about fishing. And Peter's like, we've been out here all night. We didn't catch nothing. And Jesus is like, okay, but do it again. Like put the cast the net again. And I just felt like God was telling me the same thing. He's like, hey, I know that you tried to launch your your business before. I know that you tried to um, build your organization where you were helping teenage girls. I know that you tried to do these events. I know you tried to get this book professionally published. I know you had a podcast and it, you know, it, it went well. And then all of a sudden you were just burned out because you felt like you were encouraging everyone else and no one was encouraging you. Like I mm. get that. I understand that. And I feel like he was like, and that's why I haven't even been on you. Like you need to get back to this. He said, but it really is time. Like I just felt like in that sermon and what she was saying. And one of the things she said, she said, it's time to start that podcast again. It's time to start the blog. And I said, okay. Wow. <laughs> and so I said, okay, God, you know, I know that you called me here to tell me that, if nothing else, to tell me that. And it still took a couple more months for me to start the podcast, one. And then even after I started a couple more months after that to say, hey, y'all, this is what I was experiencing. Because mm. I told my Black Girls of Purpose podcast listeners, I said, I did not want to come back to this space and be like, I'm back, only to leave y'all again. 
and be like, yeah, I wasn't fully healed. You know, it's like picking a scab mm. and it, it's too early. And so Nat and my boys, they're horrible about that. They'll get a scratch. It he starts healing. They have a scab then they scratch the scab off. And so then it's rebruised. And now child, why this bit, you had that scratch a month ago and we're still trying to heal it. So for mm-hmm. me, I said, I knew I need to make sure I want to make sure that I'm fully healed and that I'm not going to re re scratch the scab off. Right. And sharing something. I want to make sure that God has helped me to process things enough. And then I also want to come here from a place of love and not bitterness, because I think of the scripture that says, you know, everything that we give, we should give it cheerfully, not begrudgingly, because God loves a cheerful giver. People apply that scripture to your finances, but I look at that with everything. If I'm not able to come and have a smile on my face and be excited about what I'm doing, because that comes off. And if I'm saying I'm a child of God, but they like, she got a stank attitude, that's not a good look for God's kingdom either. Right. And so really that event in February is what kicked it off. But even after that initial kickoff of, okay, I feel like God has kind of pushed, getting me ready to share. It still did take a few more months for me to say, okay, I'm ready to talk now. Yeah. Wow. That that's really good. And I love the fact that, you know, you said that it took like, you know, months after, because a lot of the times, especially when we go to like retreats and conferences, we expect to like, you know, have that high going for like, you know, the next couple of weeks. And then, you know, it, it fizzles out at some point. So, you know, I'm glad that it took, you know, a, a general process for you to get to a place where you felt comfortable. And I also love the vulnerability that you had in terms of like, opening up and saying, hey, this is what I've been dealing with. Because a lot of the times like mental illness is just so stigmatized. It's just that you feel like, oh, what, how should I approach this? Like, how should I tell these people this? Like, but you were being honest with yourself. And you said, hey, I'm gonna let people know because this is my story. And this is like, what my experience is at the moment and you know like you said you don't want to like reopen old wounds and pick a scab you know because it's it's just so deeply embedded in like the healing journey you know it's like we can't be able to move forward if we don't address like you know what's currently going on so I love that so I this season is all about like mental health and relationships so how would you say that your experiences with mental health affected your relationships and that could be any type of relationship it was rough on my marriage and not so much like my husband's a very compassionate and a loving person but after I came out of that season he was like whoa girl glad you're feeling better and mm. he said cause, and he, he told me and I was like that's very frank but he said you're getting hard to be around and you know I told him I said I understand that, but I said, if if that's how you feel on the outside, imagine how I feel on the inside. Like, people who are struggling with depression, and I tell people that, people, when people tell, like, I don't know how anyone could kill themselves, I just don't understand, like, it can never be that deep. If you're around someone who's sad and depressed all the time, it starts to weigh on your spirit. And so if you are that person who is sad and depressed, it weighs on, and you just, that's the perpetual state you're always waking up in and going back to sleep in, you... Suicide seems like an excellent option because you're you're just like, okay, if I do this, then I don't have to deal with these thoughts anymore. I don't have to keep carrying around this heaviness. I don't have to keep feeling like I'm bothering everyone around me. I don't want, you know, I want to talk to people, but I know they're going to be like, dang, she's still going through that same situation, right? Mm-hmm. And 
again, tying back to what I said in the very beginning about the things I'm passionate about, what I value, I appreciated so much. I think the people I talked to and was most vulnerable with were my mom and my sister. And, you know, my husband's around me all the time. So, yes, he saw a lot of things. But in terms of me saying, like, this is how I feel and this is why I'm feeling this way, they were my sounding boards. And they were really what I loved is that they didn't ever tell me, like, well, you shouldn't feel like that. Mm. Well, you know, they weren't like, you know, because especially if you're talking about motherhood, people are like, oh, well, you should just be happy that you have children and like your children are healthy. They never made me feel like my feelings weren't valid because of the blessings. And I think even in the Christian community, right, we'll do that. Like, well, yeah, but look at all these other things that God has done. Mm. And I am, I've been in, in this particular season just really seeing the way that God moves in seasons of joy and in pain, like that they are they can happen simultaneously. And I think right. that you know, like the songs that talk about God being the God of the hills and the valleys, I think we think that God is only with us in those high moments where he might have that same view that my husband did. Like, oh, girl, so glad to know that you're feeling better because you was getting a lot to be around. Like, we're his, we're his kid. Right. And so in the same way that my mom and my sister were so compassionate and just listening in, I felt like God gave me that same safe space to be honest with them i i did not come to him like oh lord it's me your humble servant and you know i'm just so blessed about i'll be like god this is messed up i don't like this i don't like how i feel i'm not really happy about how i look i don't like the situation that i'm in and i tell people all the time i feel like when i started to open up and tell him that that's when he was like finally girl i was wondering when you was gonna say something so now we can deal with it you know right or when I just tried to keep everything all buttoned up and polished because I'm like, well, you don't approach God like that and you just got to be grateful for what you have. That's when the depression got even worse because my bitterness towards God grew because I felt like, well, dang, you see me in this messed up situation and you're not doing anything to change it. And mm-hmm. he's like, well, on your end, you're not telling me you even wanted to be changed. So why would I start moving something? And I'm like, mm-hmm. you're not talking to me right now, God. We talking about you. Can you focus on the topic of hand? <laughs> So um, it does take that vulnerability. But like I said, I just I really appreciate my mom and my sister because they did listen. And I I was going I was in therapy as well. But I really will say like the conversations I had with my mom, my sister and my friend Sid, those were the most honest I was I ever was. And of course, in therapy, they're trying to help you get to an objective. So they are asking those additional questions and saying, well, have you thought about this? And what I love, not that I was just venting, but I just, like, I could share and my friends or my my sister and my mom, they would ask me additional questions and I'd share a little bit more and they would just sit with me. Like, I remember being on the, the stoop of my parents' house December of 2020 and I was crying and my sister just sat next to me and rubbed my back. And like, mm. that was so impactful for me. She wasn't saying, well, even saying, oh, it's going to get better. Because even when people say that, sometimes we're not in the space to hear that. And a lot of times it's like, yeah, I know at some point, eventually, by and by, right, like it's going to get better. But I'm talking about right now. Yeah. Uh, so I know that people always say that, like, well, how can I help? And what can I do? Sometimes just your presence really can make a difference because then you make that person feel like they're not a burden. And yeah. they, then they feel like, okay, I have a, a safe space where I can share these thoughts and these emotions. Yes. Wow. That everything that you said was just in amazing. 
And like a couple of things like that you said that really just stuck out to me, especially um, concerning your faith and your relationship with God. It's just like, you know, a lot of the times we're afraid to be honest with God because we have that vision of him like he's so holy and perfect. Like, how could he possibly understand like these raw emotions? And the thing that like us as Christians often forget is that Christ literally went through all of the suffering, all of the, you know, pain and anguish that, you know, anybody could possibly go through. And so he definitely understands like when we're in our lowest moments. And it's just, I think in the church in general, we kind of need to change the narrative a little bit when it comes to like how we view suffering. Because a lot of the times we view suffering as like something that shouldn't happen at all in the Christian life. And that's just not we live in a broken world. That's just not reality, you know? And suffering actually brings us closer to God. And I just love the beautiful, like, image that you painted because it's just incredible how you were able to be open and honest about those emotions. And you really just brought your feelings to God and you said, hey, I can't take this anymore. Like, what is going on? Like, how can I, you know, move forward when all of these things are happening? And I also love the community aspect of it, too. Like you said, your mother and your sister, like they were there to rally around you and just be there for you. You know, like a lot of the times we just need somebody to be there with us. And I'm glad that you brought up that moment where your sister sat with you and was just in the moment with you. You know, like we don't have to talk like you don't have to give advice. We don't have to move on. Like, just sit with me in this moment and yeah that was just beautiful that's why i believe that's one of the enemy's greatest tricks and that's why anxiety and depression spike so much in 2020 and even in 2021 because we were isolated and because we just grew accustomed to being that way and saying okay i'll just process through this on my own i'll just do this on my own mm-hmm. and it's just not necessary and I think if we as people who are also the supporters would understand when someone's sharing it, it's not so that we can fix the problem for them. They just want a sounding board. I think that that will also create an environment where people feel like they can share more. Yeah, most definitely. Um, Especially like, like you said, it's just to be like there so that, you know, the person can know that they have somebody that they trust and somebody that's in their corner. Because a lot of the times, like you said, we're tempted to fix everything. And we, it's not our job to fix everything, you know? And it's just, sometimes you legitimately don't know what to say. So it's better to just be with that person in their corner. And I'm so happy that you've had that community to help you work through, um, especially depression, because that could be a very challenging thing to work through, especially. So yeah, I really love that. I, I love the conversation that we had about like the church, about like, you know, like changing the narrative when it comes to like mental illness. So I'm curious to know, but what is, if you could change one thing about the way that the church views mental illness, what would that area be? This is hard because there are, there, you know, there's even in the, the Christian faith, there are also people who are like, no, don't say that you're leg is broken because when you got to speak those things it's, it's like baby i'm looking at the li- it's broken child I, it's broken and i need to go to the hospital so yes pray but also call 911 so i can get in this ambulance to go to the hospital right but think right. if i think about people who believe in modern medicine i'll talk to that group of individuals and christians and believers in jesus christ i would say just to understand that it's literally 
our health it's just the same way you go to your doctor for a physical you have a dentist and you're not like okay well no jesus is gonna get this cavity like no you think that that's dentists are fine you have a physical therapist that's fine you have a nutritionist that's fine but people can't have therapists like i don't get that that just doesn't make sense to me and so and i want people to understand that going to therapy does not automatically mean like oh girl you heard she's going to therapy no it's the same way people go and get their car worked on some things is preventative care is that's why it's so widely covered with insurance because they like hey we'd rather you just go get the checkups because the checkup is a lot cheaper than you needing a heart transplant because your cholesterol is hot and you had a heart attack and now we're in a bad situation right? right so i think that's another thing we have to understand as well and i would say that especially to parents who are in the church if your child is saying, hey, I want to go to therapy, don't look at that as an indication of your parenting. Of, well, we must not have created a safe space or like why? Or And then also humble yourself enough to say to not be in that place where, again, black families can be like, well, we need to keep our business within. our." That's a toxic trait and we're not going to be healed that way. Yeah. We're hurting people. And scripture says the enemy is defeated by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. So, yeah, we do kind of have an ugly past. But by me sharing this and, and being able to process through it with a therapist, now God may give me a position to share it on a larger platform or just with my neighbor or somebody, and I can share it without the bitterness because I've actually taken the time necessary to work through it. So I would just say humble ourselves, understand that mental health is just like any other health that we have, your physical health, right, your your, your dental health. Like, I don't understand why it just gets put in such a box, like, and your teeth are not nearly as important as your brain, child. So I don't even get that either. Um, and then I would say not to look if you're a parent who has a child who's thinking about going to therapy. Don't take that to fight the urge to take offense to that and feel like okay, well they're say, saying that something is wrong with me. Right, right, yeah, that's very important, and I think we tend to like Christians tend to over spiritualize a lot of things. And it's just like, you have to realize, like you said, like mental health and is just as important as physical health. And just because you can't see it doesn't mean like, okay, if I'm having a bad day, that doesn't mean like, you know, demons are oppressing me or anything. It's just, I'm having a bad day, you know, like, it's not always like an over spiritualized issue, you know. And so I I really love that analogy, especially (laughs) Jesus is going to get that cavity. (laughs) Like, it's true. Like, (laughs) We over spiritualize a lot of things. We really be saying stuff, and I just be like, okay. And like I said, I really feel like that was even a part of the season that I went through. Is that now my faith is stronger? Even though people probably would have looked at the old me and be like, oh, that girl, she was, she was, she was out here, she was doing it. I'm like, some of that was just in my flesh, though. I was it. When I look back on it, I felt like, well, if I pray hard enough, if I fast enough days out of the month or out of the year, God's gonna do this. We got a contractual agreement, and now. I'm just saying like there are a lot of things he gives us just because he's good and because he's our father and things that we don't get it's not because oh well you didn't do that or you didn't pray long enough or your devotional time wasn't long enough he's just like it wasn't the moment for it and when it Mm -hmm. is nothing's going to be able to hold it back like once someone sent me this scripture earlier today um amos 9 13 and it says yes indeed it won't be long now things are going to happen so fast your head will spin one thing fast on the heels of the other you won't be able to keep up everyone everything will be happening at once and everyone everywhere you look blessings blessings Mm. like pouring off the 
pouring off the mountains and hills, I'll make everything all right again for my people. And I just, I felt that so deeply in my spirit because years ago, someone told me that. They were like, Brie, a season is coming where your biggest problem is going to be what to say yes to. And she said, and what you're going to be choosing from will all be good things. You're going to be like, well, dang God, how do I even choose? And even, I'm really big on, Yes, okay, get a prophetic word, but also God talks to you directly. There was a season where God gave me this very crystal clear vision. I was in a buffet line. I had a plate. I was a little girl, and God was my dad, and I was in a buffet buffet line. I had a plate. I had piled it all high, and then everything spilled, and I was so sad. And then God, my dad, came, and he got a new plate. He piled my plate with the same amount of things, but there was space for everything, and nothing fell down. And I mm. heard God at Spirit's Day say, there is a season coming where you're going to have a lot on your plate, and it's going to seem like everything is going to come crashing down. But because I'm the one who's making it, trust and believe everything's going to fit. So I know you're going to you're gonna feel overwhelmed and like, oh, some got to go, some got to go. I can't do all this. And he's like, you're right. You cannot do it in your own strength. You can do it with me, though. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's the uh, that's a part of the blessing, right, or the healing side that people don't often talk about is just how you can feel when you've been in such a depressive state or been in a state where it felt like it doesn't matter how hard you fight, everything you does fails to move into a season where you trying to lose because you like one of these things need to go. So I'm just going to halfway do this and hopefully they don't accept the proposal or I'm going to do this. <laughs> yeah. and like, they're probably not going to prove me for the business loan. Or I'm, and God's like, nope, this is yes, this is yes, this is yes. And you're like, huh? <laughs> what was this favor a few years ago? And he's like, it wasn't time for it yet. Right. Wow. That that really blessed me just now. Like <laughs> that that whole thing was just in, like that was so empowering because it's just like, yeah, God is the one that's directing everything. And if you if we just allow him to guide our path, he would just make everything so perfectly aligned that it's just like we don't even have to worry about all the details. So that was that is so beautiful. Thank you for that. And so, Brianna, my final question to you would be, what advice or words of encouragement do you have for those who are struggling with mental illness and relationships? My word of advice would be to be patient with yourself and to be patient with those around you. Um, Your family and your friends, they love you dearly, and they are going to say some things off the cuff sometimes where you're going to be looking at them like, how did that feel like it was helpful? But if you if you know the people you're around love you and and I'm saying I'm making that a conditional statement because we know that not all family is great and that you know well hopefully all your friends are great because if they're not great then why are they your friends child what are we even talking about right but Mm -hmm. if you understand that the people you have a safe circle my dad always says you know there was no ill intent here so even if people say something that you take a certain way give grace there and understand that just like this is new for you this is also new for them like if this is your first time dealing with depression this is their first time parenting someone with depression or being a spouse to someone with depression or being a best friend to someone with depression and so i would just say be patient with yourself don't rush your healing journey you're not like you're on your own timeline i think that 
one of the things that someone asked me earlier this year, she said, what do you feel like was the most helpful in your healing journey? I said, I literally allowed myself to fall apart completely so God could put me back together again Mm. because I had always put on for other people. Not that they were even requiring that, but just because I thought, well, again, I'm the, the intercessor. I'm the person who's always sending the word of encouragement, so I can't show this side of myself. And when I got to a place where I said, you know what, I don't have it for you. Like, love you so much, don't have it for you. I know I'm the one who's normally praying, can you pray for me? And here's how you can be praying specifically. It opened up a whole world for me, and it really shifted the way that I saw my identity in God because before I was very workspace, not even realizing it. And I, and as someone who is the accomplisher, the one who loves to check things off a checklist, I was trying to do the same thing with my relationship with God. Okay, if I do this, you're going to do this. If I do this, you're going to do this. If I don't do this, you won't do this. And what he has shown me is like, yes, we're his children. Yes, we have to have discipline and those kinds of things. And don't me just be out here like wilding out like, oh, well, Brianna on the podcast, she said that God's going to get to me when he's... I'm not saying wild out in the name of Jesus talk about well what's for me ain't gonna miss me you're not saying that but what i am saying is this is not like there is nothing you can do to earn the love of god you just can't and in the same way scripture says like if you who are evil know how to give good things to your your kids how much more will the father give himself to those who ask him and when he gives himself everything that comes with god comes with him right like all of the blessings all of the resources all of the peace that surpasses all understanding and if you're struggling with mental illness that peace is going to be so quintessential in your journey um so i would just say that be patient with yourself there's not there like everything that you're in right now it feels so sucky there's not a better word for it there's not a cuter word it sucks that you're in it and i understand that and i've been where you are but it does get better. I, it does. If you will wait it out, if you will continue to pray, if you'll go to therapy, if you'll continue to to talk to people, if you make a commitment to get out of the house once a week or, you know, go and meet with some friends every few weeks or whatever, it does get better. And you will literally look at yourself one day and be like, oh, that season has passed. I remember as clear as day, and I'll end it here, one of my friends came to visit me earlier this spring and I opened up the door and she said, Bree, it's you. Mm. She, she was the one I had broken down crying in her car. And I just told her, I was like, I feel like God doesn't care what I want. I don't even know. Like, what's the point of even hoping for things? And she said, I, she said, when you open that door, I literally saw a new person and it's not, Mm. you know, my hair was the same that it was when I was in her car the year before skin. I hope it looks better because I drink more water and I eat my vegetables and all that. But she was just like, you just feel lighter. You just feel better. You just Mm. feel like you, but better, like an enhanced version. And, 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 and that's the part you guys have to understand. This is not a, a, a trying to get back to your old self this is a you getting to become someone new right like Mm. a caterpillar doesn't turn into a butterfly and then be like oh man 
really wish I could go back to those caterpillar days. Like, no, you're, you have grown, you're expand. God is expanding your territory where before you had to crawl on the ground. Now you're out here flying, like understand all of this is a part of your journey and it's going to be worth it. And if you're willing to wait it out, like not only will you be blessed, but other people around you are going to be blessed because you have the endurance to go through those experiences. Wow, Brianna, I can't add anything else to that. I was blessed and I know that a lot of people are going to be blessed by everything that you have said tonight. Thank you so much for joining me and everyone stay tuned for more empowering episodes on Rough Edges. Thank you for listening to Rough Edges. Feel free to follow this podcast on Instagram at rough.edges.podcast or visit my blog at sarahifox.com. If you have any questions or further suggestions on how to make this podcast grow, you can email at rough.edges.podcast at gmail.com. Thanks again for listening and have a wonderful day.